Oh, uh, that's scary. And we're gonna we're gonna like learn a little bit more about you. I don't know if I'm ready for the deep dive, but we'll I'll go there. Okay. I trust right. you. Okay. Okay. I trust you. Okay. Before we do that, though, we need to talk about our good day this week. Okay. Good day this week. Thanksgiving, man. I celebrate it with my Amish relatives, and nobody does food like they do. <laughs> Like, listen, it's carbs, and then it's more carbs, and then it's more carbs. And then what we do is we have a little break, and then the women play dominoes, and the men play rogue. Dominoes? Dominoes. What is, like, is there a specific game where you just match them? What? What? I actually don't know. That's... What? I use dominoes as a teacher no, just to no. match numbers. Is there an actual game? Because yes. I have played um, like the Mexican, train game. Mexican train? Yeah, yeah. the Mexican yeah, 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 train yeah. game. You can play Mexican train. We don't. I mean, you can. What do you play? Dominoes, regular. That, dom- that's, I feel like you're lying. No, that's not a real game. <laughs> it's a real game. Dominoes is just matching Listen, little children. Y'all, y'all slide up into Matt Barris's DMs <laughs> on Instagram. Hey, Matt Barris, and tell him there is such a thing as playing dominoes. Uh, okay, I okay. believe you. But well, I do know that the Mexican train is real. Yeah, we play I dominoes. And then we get out snacks, which no one, snacks and dessert. And mm. we're all like... We can't eat anymore, but everybody gets a plate of snacks and dessert. What is, if you, when you think about Thanksgiving mm. though, what mm. is it, what's your dessert? Like, let's oh, actually, can, I was just going to say, I know your mother-in-law is such a great baker. What was your favorite thing that she made for uh, Thanksgiving? Oh, well, every year it's her pies. I mean, mm. no one can make a pie like Ida Miller. No one oh. can make a custard pie like Ida, Ida Custard Custard pie and pumpkin. And she always makes custard just for Daryl. And yeah. she'll usually send a few pieces home or a whole pie home with us. And no one makes pie like her. You know her. what's a sweet thing about Ida Miller that's like, I don't have a lot of stories about your mother-in-law, but, but one I do have is when I was first getting to know Daryl's family, the Amish are not very expressive. Mm. Um, when they're mm-hmm. getting to know you, mm-hmm. they like to observe and Pretty think. quiet. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, they don't like me. No one's saying, yeah. you know, like when they want, I, you, you I wanna, expect yeah. people to be like, you hey, want a marching so band. what do you do for a job? And um, what do you do? Like, how many kids do you have? And what's your favorite <laughs> hobbies? And the Amish are just not like that. Mm-mm. That's just not their way. Mm-mm. But Most the next them. time mm-hmm. I went to Ida Miller's house, mm-hmm. she had something that I apparently ate a lot of. So she observed that and she was like, I, I made I this know. for you. So and that was just a sweet thing about Ida Miller. She's sweet. Uh, yeah. She so her pies for sure. Yeah. Um, so and then my, we get out oh, food again. We uh, well, actually, after, after the snacks, we get out the Thanksgiving food again. Oh, so you have like leftover round two. Yeah, round two. And then, you know, oh, everybody usually goes good. home, you know, round five or yeah. something. But it's funny now in the last few years, Daryl and I are always some of the last ones to go home. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, it's just, it's good to visit it's with just them. our season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my good day is, so we've, you know, we had a lot of time off for the uh, break and we started a show that I love. What is it? It is Love on the Spectrum. Have you seen this show? Yes, I love that show. Okay, so the first thing you need to know is my wife um, is a special ed teacher. Yes. So she mm-hmm. teaches students with multiple mm-hmm. disabilities. So typically her students have Down syndrome with something else or autism with another disability. And so um, this is like her jam. Now, truthfully, when, when, the, sh- when the show first came out, she was like, I don't think I want to watch this because I think it would exploit people yeah, yeah. or make them look a certain way that's maybe right. not accurate. But I have to tell you, these people in the show, they 
must have screened and vetted for the perfect people because the kids, I call them kids, they're people in their 20s um, typically that are just looking for love like anyone else. And they have the most precious families that you can tell have guided them so well and love them so well. And these people are so endearing to us. I know. Um, And you know, and what you mean by vetted them perfectly for the show, you just mean that that there is there not everybody with learning differences right. could be on television they couldn't even right. they wouldn't even want the cameras near no, them yeah. so so they really did a great job of casting right. and it's it, nothing i think they when i when i say that too i mean it's the perfect people in regards to um they're not being exploited for their exactly, differences. Exactly, because Mallory would ha- have nothing oh, to do with that. Oh, she would shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a <laughs> different would. story for a different day <laughs> is when we watched Blackfish and Homegirl lost her mind. Black she was Fish, like, oh, shut this down. Yeah, shut yeah. down every zoo. I want to yeah, burn them yeah. to the ground. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, justice is high with my <laughs> yes, wife. Yes, <laughs> it is. It is. And she is very um, motherly and protective and nurturing over her classroom. And so she would never want someone with learning differences to feel like they were being, they were being um, exploited in any kind of commercial media way. And this is not that. And so it's refreshing for me to hear Uh, that it gets her stamp of approval. She loves the show. It's so good. We are so invested in these people. Let me just tell you one, one of the pieces of the show that I love the most is watching these parents parent the parents know, it's the, the parents. parents the parents so there's michael oh. michael is one of the people that was on both seasons and his mother laughs with him and just oh what? the way that they have that the parents have talked their their yes. children through yes. um you can tell there's so much love so and much care love for them and so much dignity i love the there was one um there's someone on the show i believe his name's ronan and the producer asked the mom, are you nervous for him to go on his first date? And she said, well, of course I'm nervous. I've always been nervous and I'll always be nervous. And then she looked at her son and said, but you know what? Every time this boy has amazed me and exceeded my expectations. And so that's how we should all parent the most precious people. I know. I know right. That, right. We should all parent that way. Absolutely. Boy, that's a good lesson. It's so good. So it's that such was a, a good, heartwarming that, that's, show. That's good base so for funny. you watching yes. those shows. And our five-year-old <laughs> watches it with us and he's like i really like this show it's very good <laughs> i don't know if he knows what's going on that's so great i love yeah. that yeah we could talk about that show that could that that could be a whole episode just I talking know. about that show what if we got someone <gasps> on the show <gasps> yes Michael. what if we could interview someone on our podcast i know that, that would show. be so fun that would be fun all yeah, right well hey it. today you're doing a deep dive into the mind and uh, times of Matthew Bears. All right. Okay. So let's start first. Where were you born and where did you spend yeah. like your let's childhood? Let's start at the very beginning. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Matt does love theater. I do. I do. Um, I was born in Ohio. Um, my mom and dad, they grew up in church together and they knew each other pretty much their whole lives before they got married and they got married and they were blessed with me. Oh, their first, wow. the first, first born. born. And then you have a lovely younger I do sister. I have a sister, mm-hmm. Jen, Jen now Landers is her last name. And we grew up um, in the suburbs of Ohio. I grew up in a home that was uh, very focused on church. So we um, went to church. We were very involved with our church. Do you community. go to church on Wednesday night? 
Oh, girl, yes. We did the Awanas. <laughs> we got the patches. We learned the verses. We did it all. Yeah, yeah. We did a missionary dinner. Did you run around those cones at Awana? Oh, I did the <laughs> Awana Olympics. Oh, wow. I was an Olympian for Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Did did you wear a vest? Did you have a vest with badges? Uh-huh. And you did all the Bible I, memory. Well, listen, I know I you did the all the Bible. Song. We are sparks for Jesus. Sparks like the world. I remember it all. Um, and you had a vest, I'm sure, with all the badges. And I know, I know. you know, Bible drills, the drills. Uh, oh, I sword, sword drills. drills. Yeah, sword you had drills. to hold it by the spine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody cheating for Jesus. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, church was such a big part of our life. Um, and I'm so thankful for that because mm-hmm. I have wonderful relationships uh, with people from church. And the obvious part, you know, of, of going to church is that you have a faith system that you believe in, mm-hmm. um, that I feel has kept me grounded, um, that gives me direction and purpose. That's and good. so I'm so thankful for that. Um, Do you feel like... Yeah. I should let you interview me. (laughs) Instead of just talk about myself. It's really easy to hear those sentences and feel like, oh, you're so grounded. You've been so grounded in your faith. And isn't that great? And you're raised in church. But what about the the times that, that... your faith has been challenged because, mm. because has it ha- ever ha- been shaken or challenged? Yeah. What did that feel like? Like, what did you tap back into? Like, how did that feel? Oh man, we're going here. We're going here. So I think when I think <coughs> about my faith being shaken, the saddest part of that story for me is that it was with people from the church. Mm. Um, you know, I think when you ask that question at first, it's like, Oh, it's probably someone from outside of your faith system. Yeah. Or or um, I would even think, you know, I and I know we'll get into this later, but I would think it it would be definitely shooketh or shaken with, or surrounding your dad's death. Right. You know, that would be the that would be the the thing I would think of is yeah. your dad dying, you know, so early. But really the truth is it's really more yeah. about it being within church world yeah. and within church, you know, it, within the church culture and Christian right. culture. So I think that is when, when it really challenged my faith the most, when it was people that I thought, um, that I really believed in oh, people that I respected, mm-hmm. that I looked up to and admired that I felt like misrepresented me or mistook things that I said or did or really misrepresented Jesus. And so, um, okay, you know, so tell me what that <clears throat> looks like. How what what were some of the ways that you feel like you put what were some of the ways you felt like you dealt with that? I mean, because yeah. because you did deal with it. I yeah. mean, you did walk through it and deal with it. And what were some of the things looking back now you're like, you know, that was a really good thing that I did that helped me with that. Right. So part of that story is I worked at a church. So I worked at a church and I was in it for the long haul. You were. I was you saw in it. You'd I die was there. devoted mm-hmm. to um, our organization. Um, in my role, I helped start multi-site campuses um, and helped take our really our structure of how we did church to different places. And I spent so much time and so much energy. Um, I came across a journal that I had during that time. Oh, I, I should say. And then what happened was, um, there was a shift in leadership. Um, I, this is all my perspective, of course. So there was a shift in leadership and I didn't agree with some of the things, uh, that were happening. And I 
said that. Right, right. <laughs> I said, I don't think we're, we're focused on the right things. I think we're missing people. Um, and I didn't agree with the direction that we were headed. And it didn't I, go um, over real well. No, it didn't. It didn't. And I, and I questioned some things. Right. Um, and that didn't go over well either. I really questioned how we were treating people. Okay. Really. I have a question right yeah. now that I've actually never asked you. Mm. Um, do you regret that at all? Speaking do, out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good question. It's hard to say that, to answer that, because I don't think I would change where I am today. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't, I, I, I don't regret it for you, honestly. Yeah. Actually, you did it in such a, in such an integrity-filled way. Mm-hmm. You did it in a way that was very, really, if we're going to bring scripture into it, you did it very scripturally. You, right. you, you did it in a way that um, I felt was honorable. To the people around you, um, even though it wasn't met with agreement or mm-hmm. it wasn't taken mm-hmm. well, I, I feel yeah. like you did it well. So I, I. Well, and part of that, too, as I look back, there isn't a lot of drama surrounding it. Right. So I think I did it in a way that was respectful because there's not a story like people are like, well, what's the story? I'm this is the story. Yeah, right. Like I'm telling yeah. you the actual yeah, the story. Actual story really <laughs> and, literally the way it happened. <laughs> and so when I did that, I um, we actually had a three month old, I believe. Yeah. He was three months old. Um, and then they they decided to put me on an improvement plan uh, for speaking out. And I walked through that improvement plan. I did what was asked of me. I came off the improvement plan. Um, They said, you know, that improvement plan really pisses me off (laughs) right now, though. I mean, when I look at it, it really those things actually really upset me when I even recall them because because beyond just even you, it was happening with other people that we love. And so, um, you know. There, and and to your point, there's always another side of things right, as right. far as leadership and stuff. But, uh, but I guess we, you know, when you get too close and you know too much and you see too much yeah. and you hear too much, it just becomes too much. Right. And then you just have to just say, this isn't working right. anymore. Right. Um, so, yeah. So really what happened was I, I fulfilled all the duties mm-hmm. of my improvement plan. I stayed for a few more months mm-hmm. and I decided to leave. Yeah. And um, then I started a career in education and that hasn't been easy either. I started as a first grade teacher. Um, my first evaluation, <laughs> my principal was like, you're like a leader. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about being a principal or going into administration? And I was like, I don't know. I just got here. Um, the boundaries felt really good in education. Mm-hmm. Nobody was like trying to get too close right. or, you know, it was like, man, you're a really good teacher. Here's your paycheck. You go home. Right. Like it was, right. it right. felt really, really good. Um, so anyway, so I did end up going into administration. And so I guess that's, that's why I have a hard time regretting is because all of those things led up to where right. I am today. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think if you can look back over how you handled it and say to yourself, yeah, I don't think I'd do things a whole lot differently. I think that that's the answer. Right. I mean, if you wouldn't do it a whole lot differently, you don't have very many regrets. I think I miss I miss the good days. You know, uh, this is our podcast, right? These are good days. I miss the good days from there. Oh, um, yeah, because there was, were a lot of them. There were. Oh, it was wonderful. And I was just talking to someone um, with you recently, a friend of ours, and was just kind of asking how it is now there and what's going on. And they basically said, it's just not quite what it was. Yeah. And right. I think there was something special and it wasn't Happening me. Then. It was yeah. just no, it was, it the cross section of 30 people oh, that took this 
organization to a whole different level and it was such a fun time and you know the reality is is it wasn't when when I left it wasn't what it was and it never will be and so I think there were times where I'm like oh I wish I could go back or um it was really great or you know you have those moments where you look back and you go it wasn't really that bad was I being it really (laughs) really was was. (laughs) (laughs) and it really was well and I think I think the way we were raised you didn't really talk about those things like on a podcast or publicly like you didn't talk about the church and its dysfunctions right. really out loud. Like, right. like, and I, we're in a different praise the Lord. We are in a different, um, culture now right. where people aren't afraid, Absolutely. Um, which I actually really love that. I do too. Um, I think that we can say, um, that great relationships came from the church that we're involved oh, in. I mean, some of my best friends, some of my great, my mentor, yeah. you, so many wonderful people that um, are still in my life came from church. It, I, and now when I look back over it, I can just say, really, the the blind spot was was leadership, yeah. giving, giving too much power and control to to to. F- really, a small group of people or few? one person? Yeah, and and yeah. it really. Um, you know, not, you know, not becoming really all that it was on track to become. Right. I, it was a good lesson for me at right. 54. It was a good lesson to me that, you know, authority often is best when it's shared. Yes. You know, 100% and not, and not just in the hands in two hands, Right. you know, like when it's in the hands of a, a, a lot of different people that right. are, um, you know, walking their faith out with fear and trembling yeah. and, and not with, you know, yeah. And I think Power for me, control. <laughs> yeah, I think for me too, it, it really fueled and accelerated my desire for leadership. Mm. Cause I think sometimes you either choose to become like what is around you or to go against mm. it. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was like, I am not, I'm not going to lead like that. And it really fueled my passion for, you know, all the things that, that people publicly know me for is, um, you know, my desire for healthy boundaries, my right, desire for right. mental health. It really fueled for my passion for those things mm-hmm. because that's it was good. so dysfunctional. Yeah, that's good. Can you ask me about my personal life? Yeah. Oh, yeah, tell me about <laughs> your personal life. <laughs> no, like ask me. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to know, how did you meet your wife? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm so glad I get to talk about this. Um, so... <laughs> So I went to uh, Christian College. Yes, where'd you go? Um, Cedarville University. Okay. I had a In great Ohio. experience there, um, but there was always the MRS degree for the yeah. for the girls. Ring by spring. Ring by spring. All the the Christian College cliches. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I dated while I was at Cedarville, but I didn't come out with with a girlfriend, or I didn't come out married. A wife. And really, it ended um, my my senior year. I got an opportunity to go live in Australia. And I did. And I was dating someone when I made that choice. And it kind of put us in a weird funk where it was kind of like, I wasn't ready to get married. And I really wanted to go to Australia. And I think she was really ready to get married. She was a little bit older than me. And so I think that kind of ended things for us. Um, And then I went to Australia and I came back and I moved to Ohio's Amish country where my family mm-hmm. vacationed and got cheese yes, and right. looked at the buggies and ate roasted chicken. <laughs> and then I lived there. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, I, the church that I worked at had 2,500 people probably at the time. 
And I was like, well, there has to be somebody here. There wasn't anybody there. <laughs> there wasn't. Like, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Didn't happen there. weren't there. many people left in Amish country for me. And so um, I, this is so funny, but this one week, somebody gave me a book by um, the person that started eHarmony and like there was an eHarmony commercial on and like somebody mentioned eHarmony all within a week and I was like, is somebody trying to get my attention? Yeah. Is this, this Jesus? Was, this was before yeah. like the government listened to our phones too. <laughs> this is like Whatever. back You're in the kidding. olden days. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was like, maybe I should try it. So I did. What a journey that was. Oh. Um, you guys, at the time, I was actually living with yes. Leanne and her husband and yes. their children. And our youngest got fully oh, invested in yes. harmony with Matt. And I, he I, would throw his book bag and come running and say, Pennsylvania, did you hear from Pennsylvania? <laughs> and Matt would be like, no. Uh, so <laughs> I, I have some great stories from that time, but it ultimately led me to my wife, Mallory. Um, and so we met. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. on eHarmony for a week mm-hmm. and we met in this little town in between where we both were living called Worcester at Panera. Where you live now. And we said at that time, wouldn't this be a great town to raise a family in? Has a college. It's not really rural, but it is rural. Yeah, but it has, has like Ulta like, and Five Guys. I yeah, mean, it has some of those Ulta. staple things. You know, I was I was really into Ulta at the time. <laughs> it has Old Navy. We have a TJ Maxx and Old, Old Navy. Navy. Yeah, yeah. We're getting a Meyer. Ayo. Uh, and so we were like, wouldn't this be a great place to raise a family? And, and here, here we are, are 10 mm-hmm. years later. Yeah. So we met, not as fast as you, we met in February and we got married in September. Yes. Um, and it was just, I, my wife and I are both firstborns. Um, we both aren't big risk takers. So when we went to our family and we were like, Hey, I think, I think this is the one our families were like, great, we're on board. And my mom said, I always knew that's what you would be like. I mm-hmm. always, cause I'm not a hem hall kind of person. I usually know what's mm-hmm. going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and it's, oh, and you, Mary you Mallory are, yeah. wasn't a risk no. at it all. It was the best decision of your life. It was, it was incredible. And so she's incredible. She, if you're an Enneagram person, I'm a six, she's a nine. We're on the triad together and um, it's, it's been really fun. So yeah. we have, oh, and I should say she was married to me when we went through all that work stuff and mm, she was my she number was one cheerleader, so, oh, she was so my good. number one supporter. And then when, and then it was like, it, she's also very like the buck stops here. Absolutely. Like, like okay, like, no more. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah. I love that about her. Yeah. I love how much grace that Mallory just naturally extends to people mm. like she's a gracious person, but mess with her people. Mm-hmm. And she, she, she go, will hurt you. <laughs> she will gonna, cut you. Yeah, she's going to say no. Yeah. yeah like, like, that's that, like that's enough. And in a way that's very um, shocking if you witness it in real life, because, you know, she is so loving and mm. so kind and so nurturing, but she is like, you will not, you will, you will not hurt my people. Yeah. And I love I that, love about, that her. about her. Yeah. Uh, she has, you want her in your corner. You that's really sure. do. <laughs> you really do. Um, so yeah, so that was 10 years ago. I can't believe that was 10 years ago. Okay. So then what, what made you think, well, okay, I'm not going to do church work anymore. So now I'm going to go into education. Yeah. Well, I actually started my degree in education. Um, so I started my degree in education. I always, um, we have teachers in our family. 
Um, and I really felt like one thing I thought, I remember thinking that people that come to a church, they know they have some type of need, whether it's spiritual, relational, whatever. They know that they have a need. But what I love about public school um, and working in a public school is we're there for everybody. So we're there oh, for all kids. Mm, that's good. So a big part of my job has always been coordinating services for students, whether it's uh, mental health or food needs or that type of thing. And so yeah. um, I love that we see all students. Yeah, and so um, it was one of those things that I always thought um, before oh I die, goodness. I want to, I want to be an educator and I, and I've loved that journey too. Yeah. You're, you're good at it. You were good at teaching. I remember, um, you know, we won't mention any names, but I remember in first grade, you had a th- little theft rate. <laughs> <I did. laughs> they were stealing little toys from me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a group of like five girls. Yeah. You had a, you had a, you had a theft ring in first grade and I just, I, it's not funny, but it was really, oh, it, was so it was really funny. And, um, then I remember, um, I just remember the suggestion. Well, I remember saying too, like, you're not gonna, you're not, you're not gonna stay just teaching in classroom. Yeah. I just know you're not because you just love leadership I think so much. That. Yeah. You just love, you yeah. love the whole idea of, of not just leadership, but, but helping people grow and improve mm-hmm. themselves. So I, and, and I, I heard, love building cultures. Oh, I yeah, love really creating that, environments yeah. where it's like, Hey, this is how we're going to, this is how we're going to be. Yeah. That's this really is good. how we're going to treat each other. This is what it's going to look like. I love building culture. So I love that part of my job. What has been the hardest season for you? Like yeah. what has been so hard? Well, within, so when I was a teacher, Within about a year and a half, maybe 18 months, um, I lost my dad. Um, So my dad passed away really tragically. Um, Mallory's dad, her biological father, passed away tragically. And then we had a baby, our second baby named Fitz, who who, was, who, who really was brining turkey. He, was, he <laughs> is the chef last <laughs> Last week. Last week. <laughs> um, Fitz. And so Fitz was born on the heels of losing our dads. Yeah. And Fitz was born with no soft spot on his head. So his uh, plates on his head were closed. Mm-hmm. And we knew at seven weeks that Fitz, Fitz would have to have an invasive surgery um, where they would reconstruct 70% of his skull. Yeah. So they, um, you know, you can imagine cutting over his head from ear to ear and taking out 70% of his skull bones mm. and reconstructing mm. them. That time was a dark was a dark time mm. for us. Mm. I remember um, that was also on the heels of, of coming out of church world. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when we were church shopping, just sitting in the back of churches crying. Yeah. And right. I would yeah. come home and just take long naps mm. on Sunday afternoons because mm. it was just so hard. You and Mallory really leaned into each other during those times. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And so I think that that is the hardest time for me when I look back. Um, that's when I, I really leaned into my wife. Um, and then truthfully, when, when Fitz had his surgery, um, there was a crew of 30 of our people mm-hmm. that came and sat with us through yeah, the day. It was like a 12 hour surgery. Um, you came, you were there, yeah. you brought your big old um, coffee, machine. coffee machine. You were making coffees for people. Everybody. And, <laughs> I was making um, it for the nurses, for other yeah. people, the waiting room. Yeah, it was I, awesome. I re- the, you know, something that stands out about that time for me in the waiting room is we were sitting next to each other and you said, um, 
this is so hard. I don't want to do this. Yeah. It's just so hard. I don't remember that. And I looked at you and said, what choice, what choice is there? You, you, I mean, you have to face it. Yeah. You just have to face it. Yeah. And you're like, I, yeah, I know, but it's just so hard. It is. It's just so hard. I just remember it being so hard because mm-hmm. he was a baby. He was a baby or 10 month old. Yeah. And you had, and you had, you know, that's, that's true for so many of us and, and people listening. There are things that you are having to face that you have no choice but right. to face them. Right. You know, our health is one of them. Right. So when you're given a diagnosis, you have to face it. You have That's to right. walk through it. You have to face it. So I think some important things, like what I learned that day, an important thing is what you invest in other people, you get back. Because 100%. all of those people sitting in that room were people you had made investments in, yeah. that you made deposits into their life, and they were right there in that waiting room with mm-hmm. you and Mallory Absolutely. And, and and your moms. and and um, Right. Yeah, and I, obviously for us during that time, our faith was important, but I'll say... The two things that I was thinking of when you were talking is um, if you're somebody listening right now and you're facing something that you just don't have a choice that you're going through is if you're you're in a relationship where you can lean into that person, do mm-hmm. it, do it. Don't look outside of them. No. Don't look to somebody different and cry. to fill that spot. Sit, sit in the back row of a church and cry if That's you have right. to sit with your person. Mm-hmm. And then I think the second thing is find community. Mm-hmm. So find people um, and I'm sure there, you probably have people in your life right now, find them. They could be Instagram people. Yeah, they could be true. extended family that it's you true. don't see very often. Um, get involved with something so that you have that community of people. Because I think for me, if I were to do it alone, it would have ended oh. very differently. Uh, so but because hard. I didn't, I felt like there were days where I was, I was carried mm-hmm. on the shoulders of people that I loved mm-hmm. um, that would drop off meals or just text and check in on us yeah. or come and I mean, our mothers were amazing. Our moms held our babies. Mm-hmm. Um, Fitz's, when his recovery, his eyes were, were swollen shut and he wanted held 24 mm-hmm. seven for about three mm-hmm. or four days. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had people holding him. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I think if you're on the other end of this listening, it's, um, lean into your spouse or your partner if if you are married and or you have someone like that in your life and find community and lean into them as yeah. well because you cannot do things like no, this alone. You can't do it alone. And I think I think in faith world, I know for both of us it's just really not being afraid of the prayers that you pray to mm-hmm. Jesus. Like, you know, I think there's sometimes like we formulate prayers, you know, like we need right. to you know, we need to do it the right way. Right. And sometimes what you need to do is just cry and say, this sucks and it's not fair. Right. And I'm, I'm even mad at you, yeah. you know, God, like, and I need your help. I need you to show up. Like right. just to say the things that are there in your heart and to pray through them. If Absolutely. you're facing something that's just, it feels like there's no other choice but to face it, but it feels just so heavy and hard. Absolutely. Yeah. And we are so thankful that we're on the other side of those things. Oh my gosh, these are good days. These are good days. And you know, in those moments where it doesn't feel like a good day, when you look back on some of those hard things, we are really living in good days right now. Yeah, it's true. All right, thank you so much for joining us for um, These Are Good Days. And we hope that you have a good day today too.